Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. No matter what religion you happen to choose, they all have a common theme as part of their doctrinal package. It has to do with the future and what will happen to this old world and the people who call it home. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, is here to explain what's going on. Lincoln, what's on your heart today? Well, Armageddon. <laughs> Not on my heart, but, but it's certainly on my mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I didn't choose it. We live in these times, mm. uncertain times, and... And uh, I can tell you, uh, a week or two ago, I was on YouTube and looking at some on-the-spot stuff sent by anyone with a cell phone from Syria. Oh. And here I see a posting of a year ago, and this war's dragged on longer than that already, but a year ago, there are pictures there that look awfully like uh, some sort of tactical nuclear weapon used in an attack on Syria. Mm. The mushroom cloud and the whole deal, and, and whether that is or not, my point is... We are living in an apocalyptic time. Yes, we are. You know, the Twin Towers coming down and, you know, anything's on the table and, and behind the table or under the table, there are tens of thousands of mm. nuclear weapons, many of which dwarf what happened in World War II. Mm. So, uh, yes, Armageddon is not an unthinkable construct for many people, particularly adherence to the three major religions, Judaism, Christianity and Islam. Mm. I'm traveling a lot at the moment. Every weekend I'm away now speaking somewhere else, uh, promoting Liberty Magazine. And uh, I've read and, and, and then reread recently a book that talks about this. It's under the title of Racing Toward Armageddon. And the subtext, the three great religions and the plot to end the world. Well, you know, plot sells books. Yes. I don't know that it's a plot in the sense of something uh, done secretly without anyone's knowledge, but it is something that uh, politically active members of the Christian church, mm -hmm. as well as uh, many radical Muslims around the world, are actively trying to bring about. Absolutely. There's no, Absolutely. No, no two ways about it. As I've been reading this book that I have that's entitled Racing Toward Armageddon, mm -hmm. with the subtext of three great religions and the plot to end the world, it's impressed on me that we're perhaps in an almost unstoppable dynamic where even those sane people wouldn't want to destroy everything, that it might indeed happen. Mm -hmm. Let me just lay it out. The Christian scenario gains a lot from uh, Daniel to some degree, but Revelation in particular talks of there about the great final conflict between good and evil as a prelude to the coming of Christ. These are legitimate ways to see it, yes. and I'm not questioning that. But if somebody, again, back to my thing, is not particularly spiritually inclined, mm -hmm. uh, that are not preparing themselves primarily uh, spiritually for any conflict between good and evil, but for someone that sees Christianity as an agenda that they advance, then it can become irresistible to see any conflict and even increase a conflict with a view to this final phenomenon. 
John Hagee, for example, and, and uh, a number of other television preachers are definitely advancing the view that what's happening in the Middle East is this final battle between God's people represented by the Jews, even though they don't quite grant them uh, salvation status. <laughs> but, you know, God's nation, with all of the wicked uh, nations coming against them, and now Christians too need to come and protect and empower for this final battle. You know, I can't help but think every once in a while when, when we talk about this, that we've been here before. Do we really think that ours is the final conflict? I'm sure the people right during the First World War, the Second World War, Vietnam. Well, it's interesting you threw that in because I was, I was hesitating just to break up my monologue. Yes. But I was thinking about Adolf Hitler, yes. and I was watching a documentary of uh, he and the Nazi uh, abomination that brought the whole world into World War II. And it said specifically that, discussing Adolf Hitler's religion, that he did believe that he and the, uh, the Nazis were predicted there in Revelation and that this was the regime to last a thousand years after the destruction of all evil. So they saw it in, in, in the terms of Revelation. He'd been studying Revelation and he saw his regime as the fulfillment and the agent for the final battle. Well, you know, we think they were the evil force, not the good force. But, you know, they had apocalyptic thoughts. But the point now and for discussion here is that it happens to be a conjunction of the three yes, uh, major yes, faiths. Yes. And Islam has in the Quran and the Hadiths a very plain idea paralleling the, the Old Testament, but also in parallel with the New Testament. Mm -hmm. It talks there about a final battle between the Dijal, the Antichrist, and the forces of Islam representing God and the Antichrist rather ominously in their thinking is, is backed up by an army of Jews. So they've cast mm -hmm. them as evil and Antichrist figures. And uh, as, as this battle reaches its climax, the 12th Imam, a mystically hidden 12th ruler of Islam, Muhammad, all the prophets, the uh, Mahdi, the uh, apocalyptic leader of Islam and of course, Jesus Christ, they all appear mm -hmm. at that moment to establish Allah's final rule. That's heady stuff. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Judaism really doesn't have quite the same direct sense of, a, of an apocalyptic moment, but where it could produce it just the same is that there are strong forces within Orthodox Judaism that would like to reinstitute the sacrifices in the temple retaken in the 67 war. Mm -hmm. uh, most people are not even aware of it, but there is a description in uh, Numbers 19 of the perfect red heifer for the ritual sacrifices in the temple. Mm -hmm. And there are uh, groups within Judaism and some sympathizers within fundamentalist Christianity who are working to breed this red heifer. Oh my. So it doesn't take much imagination to see that if this were to come about, it would, it would almost instantly precipitate yes, yes. what amounts to World yes. War III. Yes. And in our era, World War III is almost synonymous with Armageddon. You would have a, a pure religious war uh, involving many countries and uh, not much room for negotiation. So it, it could be quite brutal. So the World War III may hinge on the birth of a cow. Yes, it comes, it comes down to that. <laughs> A few years ago, there was a lot more talk of it, but there's plenty of evidence that uh, fundamentalist Christian and Jewish groups haven't forsaken it and are still working on the breeding program. In fact, one of, one of the uh, programs is in the United States, and they've, they've brought up already 
a heifer that they thought was perfect, but unfortunately developed a couple of off-colour hairs shortly thereafter. <laughs> oh, uh, so, so <laughs> you know, it could be as, as close as a successful breeding program. Oh, my. Uh, and, and, and the lure of what they're trying to do could be quite strong. When I was in Jerusalem and, and uh, we celebrated the opening of Sabbath uh, with the Jewish shofar and all the rest at the uh, Western or Wailing Wall, I must admit, looking up and seeing another religious edifice towering over it, yes, yes. it wouldn't be very hard to get a, a grip on the idea, let's tear it down yes. so we can have our pure worship again. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we shouldn't totally hold it against people there with their religious and national aspirations. There's a natural lead toward something like that, which would, of course, create great problems. So, you know, Armageddon, from three religious points of view, is not a conspiracy, but it's sort of rapidly becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they say if, if you believe something long enough and hard enough, it usually comes true because you help make it come through by your beliefs. And that may be what's happening here, you're saying. That's what I think. You yeah, don't have yeah. to believe a prophecy you know, is divinely inspired or, you know, there's any innate truth in it, yeah. if it's held yes. by a group, they start to act in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So, yes, in that sense, self-fulfilling prophecies happen all the time. And so we should take these things very seriously. As a Seventh-day Adventist, I take the Bible extremely seriously. Yes. Yes. We're in Revelation. It talks about basically evil working its way to a final conclusion and that is predicated on the last and final conflict between the forces of good and the forces of evil. I think it's largely cause and effect, and, and it will uh, come to a huge head with a, with a massive persecution of God's people. And uh, at the crucial hour, God will reveal himself and reinstate a, you know, a wonderful new world. But other than us personally preparing ourselves spiritually for it, I don't think there's any logic that we sort of do anything to provoke that moment. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's and, true. and, you know, what, what always comes to mind is the speech of uh, Ahmadinejad, the uh, past president of Iran, when he got up before the UN. Most people didn't quite notice what he's talking about. A few of the politicians said, oh, I droned on about some obscure religious stuff. No, what Ahmadinejad presented was the view that he and millions of his fellow uh, Shiites hold, in particular, most Muslims believe it, the 12th imam when he is revealed, that will bring the final battle. Mm. It's a time of great chaos. And he believed and was expressing that if you create that chaos, therefore, the uh, 12th Imam will appear. <laughs> okay. So your okay. action yes, in creating yes. chaos will itself bring on that moment you're waiting for. I think some Christians, yeah. M- yeah. So many Muslims, and perhaps some Orthodox Jews have a similar view of how they can help along <laughs> the uh, expectation of the apocalypse. You know, I want Christ to come as much as the next guy, but, you know, I'm not going to do anything to bring about that cataclysm. Armageddon is not something that's going to have my name or my signature under it. Well, there's a hymn that I love that says, Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. Yes, I like that. Well, Jesus said, All that live a godly life will suffer persecution. So we know that as we gain that inner peace and spiritual empowerment, it will bring a conflict between evil. But our emphasis should be on personal preparation. I like what they say about living this moment as if you're going to be here forever, but live in such a way that if the Lord were to come five minutes from now, you're ready to go. And I think at the end of the day, 
and I'm saying it all the time, the most important thing is how you and your mind and, and, and your sense of spirituality relate to the divine. But as far as organized religion, the, these three faiths, there is no question there is a dynamic at work and it'll be more vicious to the degree that there's not personal spirituality and it's at work that I think in a strangely synchronous form of self-fulfilling prophecy is bringing us to a conflict. And uh, I don't think it's finished yet. ISIL, as I've said before on this program, has as its goal to uh, bring about the caliphate, mm-hmm. beginning with the Levant, or as the Bible uses the term for that whole area between uh, Turkey and, and Egypt on the coast, the glorious land. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with with a radical revolutionary group and others that are similar in Syria working to retake from the usurper the Holy Land with the uh, fundamentalist Jewish groups wanting to sacrifice on the the newly instituted temple with many uh, Western Christian groups perhaps thinking this is the final crusade. It's likely to put an edge on continuing military conflict there. We will keep an eye on it, and Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, will report it to us as he always does. Lincoln Steed, thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.